Hello and welcome to the Church Times podcast. Downing Street announced on Monday that the next Bishop of London will be the Bishop of Crediton, the Right Reverend Sarah Mullally. She will be London Diocese's first woman bishop and will be installed at St Paul's Cathedral in the new year. Our senior reporter Hattie Williams sat down to speak with Bishop Mullally on Monday. They talked about a range of topics, including her experience working in the NHS, how she will work with people who don't accept her ministry, clergy well-being and working with survivors of abuse. If you're looking for a last-minute gift for a friend or family member, why not take out a gift subscription to The Church Times? Go to churchtimes.co.uk slash Christmas to find out more. The podcast will return on the 5th of January. We wish all our readers and podcast listeners a very happy Christmas. So, Bishop Sarah, many congratulations. Thank you. Um, Gosh, so today you've expressed um, surprise and delight and a little bit of hint of terror, you were saying earlier, um, at your nomination to the Sea of London. Uh, You're the first uh, woman to hold the post. Uh, Have those feelings subsided a little today, at the end of a very busy day, or not so much? Um, well, it, it's been great to have actually gone out and about in London, and um, and it always helps, doesn't it, when you put uh, names, you, you know, in um, people into context. Um, so, I, absolutely, I'm I'm delighted, really, and and I'm also really encouraged by the support that I've received from uh, the bishop's staff here in London, by the um, my other colleagues that will uh, of the bishops of London, as well as the bishop of um, Jonathan uh, and of Fulham, uh, and also the assistant uh, bishop here uh, Rod Thomas the Bishop of Maidstone so for me I think I'm, I'm very encouraged actually. Good good and a busy day what sort of things have you been up to today? Yeah, yeah well it was wonderful actually because it um, you know we we hear about the church in London being confident and compassionate and creative um, and so in a sense that's I've been out seeing it so it's wonderful to go to St John's Hoxton uh, to see the work they're doing with the food bank and um and it brings it home, the reality of how people, uh, you know, struggle to manage and the fact that the church, uh, in a sense, just provides generously for them. But it's, but it's more than just a food parcel, it's conversation, it's mm-hmm. support. Uh, and so that was great to see that. Um, and then we went on to Erswick School in Hackney. Um, and again, there, just to see the, um, I mean, absolutely inspirational pupils, really, and a wonderful head in uh, Richard Brown. And, you know, it's one of those schools that uh, the six forms you know, is one of the top six form in Hackney, you know, 10% in the country, real added value. And to listen to the young people there talk about what they hope for the future. Um, and I think probably most uh, moving in the day was that uh, the children prayed for me, which was mm. just lovely. Lovely. Yeah. Super. Um, and I just wanted to ask, in the application process, because of mm. course you had to apply, um, what went through your mind when you were making that first sort mm. of step? Well, of course, we don't, uh, you know, we don't apply like a job advert. You're approached and, and somebody will ask you to apply. Um, and I guess it was something that I wanted to prayerfully consider and discernment is always in a sense of prayer. Uh, discernment is always then looking at what, um, in a sense, they're looking for and then a reflection on um, my background, uh, the fact that I have a deep Christian faith, that I have this range of experience both as a nurse, the government's chief nursing officer, as a priest, a team rector, in cathedrals and now as a bishop um, so there was a sense for me uh, you know discernment is always you know what is God saying to me uh, does this feel something that God has prepared for me to do and then of course it's always a step of faith and and for me I suppose what I've taken is one step at a time uh, of what I see as uh, 
faithful to what I believe God has been calling me to do. Sure. And did you consult with anyone about this sort of process? Did you kind of use anyone as a soundboard and think, oh gosh, am I doing the right thing? Um, obviously, this is a, a confidential and secret no, process, sure. and um, you know. Uh, but of course, you know, I have a spiritual director, um, and I take counsel uh, with people. Um, and it, it is probably fair to say that um, you know, having made a, a move out of a. Um, a career in the civil service as, as the government's chief nursing officer that was quite a big step for me uh, and so my sense then was that God was calling me to be a team rector mm. um, so for me that discernment process the first time round that God was calling me to be a bishop you know two and a half years ago was was quite a step so in a sense there is for me the last two and a half years have been a real sense of formation mm. as a bishop and that sense of understanding uh, the skills that God has given me and the experience he's given me and how do I put that to work um, in the church to mm. make the love of Christ known in the communities of which I serve? Mm. Because, of course, you've, you've been a bishop for a relatively mm. short period mm. of time. What, what convinced you that, that, yes, that you can do this job, that you can be Bishop of London, and indeed the first female Bishop of London? Uh, as I said, it is a discernment process. Um, uh, and, uh, and I suppose for me that I'm conscious that I've probably had a unique set of experience um, they often say that you can take the nurse out of nursing but never nursing out of the nurse so you know I am a, a pastoral heart and that sense of compassion um, but also that sense of having worked uh, in the Department of Health a very complex organisation with responsibility for nursing across England um, and in a sense that um, has been very good formation and of course for me you know I was a Christian at that time so the way I led in a sense is the way I lead today it's uh, seeking out to understand what it is to be a servant of others and to enable others. Um, and I think my experience in, as a parish priest and in a cathedral um, makes me feel that actually I have, have these skills to put to use as the Bishop of London. And of course, there's masses to learn. And of course, I will you know, want to work collegiately with my colleagues. And I'm almost certain they'll teach me. Mm. Um, but there is a sense in which I've, I've got the skills and the gifts and that sense of God calling me forward. Mm -hmm. And to get into slightly more sort of nitty gritty, um, the London Plan 2016, mm. how do you fit into that and how, how is that all going to work? Well, of course, the, the London is plan, uh, plan is there because it recognises that London is a very diverse um, uh, diocese um, and there is a whole range of traditions. Um, and before my appointment, um, well, before anybody's appointment, the College of Bishops did consider the London plan and felt that it was um, it would work whether it was a man or a woman who had been appointed. Um, and I, in a sense, London is unique in that um, it has a College of Bishops, it has the ministry and the oversight within London of the Bishop of Fulham, mm -hmm. uh, and it also has an assistant bishop uh, in the Bishop of Maidstone. So there is a sense in which, um, together, um, our belief is that we can enable everybody to flourish and that people not only find a spiritual home, but find fulfilment in their ministry. Um, and, and therefore, there is a view that the London plan uh, is fit for purpose. In terms of working that out, um, we'll do that over the coming months. And the truth is, we don't have all the answers, but um, there is a sense in which uh, I'm very respectful of those who cannot accept my ministry um, and I do believe that we have an opportunity in the London Diocese, uh, probably to be a gift to the rest of the church to show how we can enable people to flourish. 
I mean, you mentioned um, some traditionalists perhaps not um, mm. being uh, overwhelmed by your appointment, but actually the reactions today are being fairly positive mm. um, and very polite. Um, are, are you aware of any sort of deeper emotions there, either way? No, I, I'm not. I, um, but I think I'm, I'm sensitive enough to know. And um, when I was appointed in the Diocese of Exeter, um, that is fair to say that uh, there were people there and still are that can't accept my ministry as a woman and a bishop. And what I learnt there was that you establish relationships with people. And um, my hope is that people will be re reassured that I am respectful of them. Uh, and I'd hope in the coming months to meet them um, to show that that's genuine in terms of action. Um, and there is that sense in terms of meeting with people. Um, you, you then talk about what are the realities of how that will work out. So. No, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not aware of people that have specific concerns. But it would be naive of me not to think that there weren't. Uh, and I'm also conscious that people didn't expect a woman, so they may not have thought about it. So over the coming uh, months, that people will reflect on it. And for me, it's about meeting with those people and reassuring them um, that we can together ensure that their ministry flourishes and that we respect their position. Sure. Um... You spoke a lot about the diversity of London mm. um, and uh, sort of getting to the nitty-gritty of communities and some of the work that churches mm. are doing on the ground. Mm. There's a lot of um, pomp and ceremony sort of involved with this particular place, obvious, for obvious reasons. Um, how do you kind of hope to balance those two, sort of being in the Lords and all, mm. all that goes with that, and, but mm. also kind of being there on the ground for, for the people, as you were saying? Yeah. Well, I'm fundamentally... a people's person, I'm relational. So, uh, you know, so for me this afternoon to meet people uh, is one of the things that I enjoy. And uh, if I'm going to do my role in the Lords properly, it does mean I need to be known and know the people of London. So you're right, there is, there is always going to be a balance, but I hope in a sense that both feed each other. And, and of course, alongside that, you know, we have a system where there are area bishops, so I'd want to work with them and allow them to uh, undertake their role. And to, in a sense, for me to work out how I add value to what they're doing and how I can support them and what's the right place to engage with people within the diocese. Mm. And you spoke about supporting your, um, your clergy. Mm, absolutely. Um, clergy wellbeing is, yeah, is uh, a real hot topic at the moment, yeah. um, particularly in the light of, sort of terrorist attacks in Grenfell. Mm. Um, what do you propose to, to do to better implement that mm. kind of support uh, centrally from, from the mm. church to, to individual clerics? Well, well, coming into the London Diocese, there's a bit for me that I need to get to know what's already happening. Um, and, you know, key to the supporting of clergy well-being is the role of archdeacons and the area bishops. So there is obviously a bit I'd, I'd like to understand what is happening. But I think we recognise that ministry is stressful. And in a sense, one of the really added values of the London Diocese is over quite a large population and a large number of clergy. Uh, we can, in a sense, provide those the support, the, the clergy ministerial development, um, the, the pastoral help to ensure that, that clergy are, are best equipped to manage what is in quite um, you know, demanding and difficult situations. Mm -hmm. And for me, uh, that is something that I think is really important mm -hmm. because if the clergy aren't supported, they can't be confident in what they're doing and they can't encourage their congregations to flourish. Mm. And the Archbishop spoke of his own uh, stresses during mm. parish ministry. Have you had that kind of experience or have you, do you feel you've been quite lucky in your own ministry? Um, 
Um, I, I'm, I'm absolutely, you know, ministry is stressful. Um, in a sense, maybe fortunately for me, having worked in the National Health Service, um, that right the way from beginning as being a training as a nurse, I was conscious I had to look after my own well-being. And um, in the environment of the NHS, you know, that is stressful, but there are good disciplines that are given to us. So um, I have used those disciplines to encourage my resilience, but I'm also aware that I need to ensure that I have space, that I pray, uh, that I ensure that I speak to my spiritual director, and that I talk about when things are difficult. And um, I'm very encouraged by the, um, the Archbishop uh, around the way he has spoken, because actually we need to encourage clergy to speak, speak up when things are getting tough, because only when they do that can we help them to find the right support. Mm-hmm. Um, and we mentioned about the, your position in the Lords. Um, Brexit is obviously a mm. bit of a hot topic at the moment, um, and London obviously mm. uh, voted to remain. Um, do you think you'll kind of come across those uh, sort of issues in, in your ministry here, and, and, and what's your view of all of that? I mean, not specifically necessarily, but... Uh, well, well, the truth is Brexit is an issue, and it is an issue for London. Uh, and I suppose I'm conscious that the church, as part of communities, uh, need to build communities, mm-hmm. and recognise that we need to find what we have more in common than different. But I also recognise there are a lot of people in London who are now uncertain about their future. Um, And we do need to provide certainty for people. Um, uh, And therefore, you know, it's very important about how um, both within the diocese we support them, but also how within the Lords um, I can support people in in what is a time of uncertainty Mm -hmm. and uh, ensuring that we work together. And just lastly then, um, you are very involved with uh, safeguarding, mm. um, I understand, um, and you've done a lot of work with survivors and, and, and talked with them mm. about the future of, of the church and how abuse allegations and, and mm. so on are handled. Um, how, how important is that work going to be? And obviously it's a, uh, a huge undertaking uh, to be Bishop of London, but mm. are, is that going to come with you, the, the work you've mm. done on safeguarding? Uh, well, my role within safeguarding has, in a sense, been two. One is I sit on the National Safeguarding Steering Group, and I also received the Elliott Report. Um, and as a result of that, I, I speak to, to survivors. Um, that will c- continue. Um, and, and for me, the reason is is that um, safeguarding is at the heart of the gospel. Uh, you know, I believe that we're called to reflect Christ and God, and God, for me, provides a refuge and a shelter, and we should be providing safe places. Um, and for me, that's not just a, a, a commitment in terms of my responsibility, but creating a safe environment uh, in which you know abuse is just does not have a place. Um, but also around how we enable survivors not just to survive but to flourish. Mm. Um, and so uh, you know, I remain committed to that. I do believe that progress has been made. Um, you know, some of the my colleagues talk about some of the best training they've had recently is around how they re- respond to people who disclose. Mm. Uh, the policies and the procedures have been updated. By the end of the year, all of the dioceses would have been uh, have undertaken independent review mm. with the um, with Sky. Um, so things have moved, but I also know, talking to survivors, um, that we're not moving fast enough for them, and I understand that impatience, but um, I have always said that I would remain committed to seeing the recommendations of the Elliott Report through. Well, thank you, Bishop Sarah. That's, that's thank great. You. It was lovely to talk to you. No, thank you very much for your time. 
That's it for this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. You can find lots more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website www.churchtimes.co.uk If you're not yet a subscriber, why not take a look at our latest introductory offer? One month of our digital package and five issues of the paper for just £5. Go to www.churchtimes.co.uk slash subscribe. The music, as always, was by Sort After Sounds. Don't forget to tune in next Friday for our next episode, and thanks for listening. Thank you.